0: Mile High Magic is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last minute tickets. Did you know Bronco's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. You can check out the panoramic seat view photos from every section. You get tickets from all major leagues and teams. And if sports aren't your thing, they also have music and theater tickets. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets.
1: I can tell this organization is committed to winning. The Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team. And I'm glad to be a part
0: of it. Another takeaway for this Denver defense in 58 is right in the middle of all of it. Wow! Touchdown Denver!
1: Unbelievable! Oh my goodness! What a play! Oh, hello everyone. Welcome into another edition of Mile High Magic. Glad to have you with us. Hopefully you're feeling refreshed ready to go for the second half of the season after a nice bye week alongside my partner, Nikki Javala. I am Michael Spencer. Nikki, a ton of news today, right? The Broncos have been off for uh, basically a week. We last heard from Don Fangio on (laughs) Monday, and then we heard from him again today as the team now turns its attention to Minnesota. Everybody back from wherever they went and uh, now getting ready for the Vikings. And the big news today is that Drew Locke, everybody's favorite quarterback is going to be hitting the practice field for the first time since the preseason if that doesn't get you fired up for a three and six football team i don't know what will
0: this is where we're at in denver when (laughs) the most exciting news is the third string really third string quarterback returning to practice oh boy keep in mind he's probably not
1: going to play I mean, they, they could play, but he's not he's not going to play this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Brandon Allen's going to be the starter. Correct. He's probably not even going to be the backup. Um, they probably won't even activate him for another two to three weeks. So don't get your hopes up, Broncos country. But we are going to see Drew Locke in practice, which is a step up from virtual reality, which the next logical step would lead to eventual games sometime, hopefully, maybe, who knows?
0: You hear what he said? He said, we're a step up from virtual reality. (laughs) Again, this is where we're at. It's unbelievable. But yes, Drew Locke is returning to practice, as they kind of indicated all along. They didn't want to waste a week for the buy because they get three weeks to kind of test him out and see how he does before deciding to activate him or leave him on IR. So the clock starts this week, which means... The latest they can decide is before the Chargers game in early December. What is that, week 13? Um, Mm -hmm. But Vic said there's going to be a number of factors at play, some of which are beyond Drew Locke's control. Like a lot of it may be dependent, and Vic said it would, much of it will be dependent on uh, Brandon Allen and how he's playing, because he's got three more games in that timetable. Um, Had a heck of a debut against Cleveland if he continues to play well. Do they choose to keep it, you know, status quo and leave Brett Rippon as the backup? Or do they bring Drew Locke off IR just to give him a few weeks of practice? Because once you bring a guy off IR, you gotta put somebody else down. So a lot of things at play here, they're not certain, or at least they say they're not certain what they're gonna do. Um, and they also have Tim Patrick, which they have to make a decision at the end of this week. That's when his three-week window closes. And then they have a number of other injured guys, some starters, some should-be starters. A lot going on for a team that hasn't yeah. played in a week. Right, right. And
1: there's a, there's a lot to get into here, and I want to touch on the Tim Patrick thing, but but I think it's important that we talk about this Brandon Allen situation because that, to me, is really intriguing. And if he continues to play well, then what do you do with Drew Locke? Do you bring him off IR and have him be your backup? Or do you bring him off IR and and immediately insert him into the starting lineup? There's no situation to me where if Brandon Allen is playing well and this team is winning football games, that Drew Locke automatically supplants him. And I know in a lot of people's minds, it's like, hey, look, you got you to gotta play the rookie. To me, that is not how the Broncos are thinking. They are not on this train of we've got to get Drew Locke reps because we got to see him play because we got to figure out what we're going to do. You have heard none of that from Vic Fangio. In fact, it's kind of been the opposite. I mean, he has made it a point that, that hey, if Drew Locke is going to come in and earn playing time, he is going to have to do just that. He's going to have to earn it. They are not going to just hand it to him. I thought he was pretty candid in what he said on Monday when asked about what he wants to see from Drew Locke and can he be a quarterback? You know, <laughs> and like so that tells me that Vic Fangio doesn't really know what he's going to get from Drew Locke when he hits the practice field and he did say look if Brandon Allen plays well that's going to factor into whether or not we bring Drew Locke off IR and whether or not he gets a shot and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks and how this all plays out it is not a given I think it will happen but it is not a given that Drew Locke comes off IR and, and gets an opportunity to start for this team before the season is over
0: right no and I I I agree with this approach where, you know, yes, he's a second-round pick. The Broncos have been searching for a decent quarterback for four years now. When you find one, no matter how he arrived be it a waiver claim or a second-round pick, let the guy play. Like, at the most basic level, if he is a decent quarterback, if he's winning games, if he's playing well, let the guy play. Um, You have time with Drew Locke, and it's, again... You drafted him in the second round. Doesn't mean you have to make him the future of your team. Yeah, you would like to because you've already invested in him to this degree. But they've also whiffed on a lot of other draft picks. They need a quarterback, period. They need stability. If it's Brandon Allen, great. If it's Drew Locke, awesome. But if you find one, keep him in there. There's no reason to take him out. Just... For the sake of taking him out, just so Drew Locke can get, you know, forty reps in a game. He he hasn't gotten enough this season at all in practice to even really provide a real foundation for next year and to really show what he can do. So if if people are banking on, you know, one or two games to determine if he's in fact the future for this franchise, to me that's silly. That's not fair to him either.
1: Well, and here's the thing about coaches, too, right? Like, they don't like to just give guys their spot, you know? Like, you think back to – I think back to – Well, Vance Joseph
0: did. Yeah. Vance. Well, did. Yes, it was like literally yes. baseball. Like it, it was You're right. Dirty. maybe I
1: should have qualified that. <laughs> maybe I should have qualified that. You think back to good hard nosed, old school coaches and they don't give guys opportunities just because of where they were drafted. Right? Like I think back to the Paxton Lynch situation and Gary Kubiak, after they lost that game in Kansas city and they had the Raiders game, the final week of the season, they were already out of playoff contention. And somebody asked Gary Kubiak the night after the Kansas city game, hey, you know, basically, are we going to get to see Pax and Lynch? And he's like, yeah, I know what you're asking. The rookie's going to play, right? And then he didn't. And it was because yeah. he didn't earn it, right? Like he, right. Gary Kubiak right. didn't feel like Paxson Lynch had earned a shot. And part of it was a middle finger to John Elway, I think, for releasing that he was going to retire uh, before before the game was over. But anyway, um, Vic Fangio is not just going to give Drew Locke an opportunity to play quarterback for this team unless he goes out and proves it. And right now, I think more than Drew Locke going out and proving, it brandon allen has to prove that he can't be the quarterback for this team
0: first and this you know you mentioned Vic, and he he is not gonna hand anything to anybody in fact he's done quite the opposite like those who have not performed well outside of Garrett balls have not performed well while others do appear to be a better fit he has not hesitated to change starters um They've not hesitated to make changes on both sides of the ball. You could argue, you know, whether they should make more on offense and special teams or whatever, but, you know, Vic was willing to change starters on defense. He is a coach that leaves his starters in, too. I mean, you look at the playing time of Vaughn Miller of other guys. They're up across the board. And he's, Vic has been asked this so many times after practice. You know, how how do you balance how much time you want to leave your starters in? And he said flat out, the starters are there to start and to play. This is their job. So, yeah, he's definitely not going to hand it to anybody. And I, I think the key for these three weeks are really just they're a barometer of sorts. See where the kid is. Um, you know, he, he had not even come close to really – perfecting if you can, or come close to really looking comfortable with his footwork, his progressions, his reads, decision-making, you know, calling plays in the huddle. I mean, he did not have any of that at Missouri, so he's got to pick up where he left off three months ago when he wasn't that far along anyway. So I, I think when people expect him to come in and look great and instantly get playing time... You got to remember, he's not that quarterback who can step in immediately. He's not. They said he wouldn't be when they drafted him. You know, he's not Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott. He needs time. And I think I this is one area where I agree with John Elway on his approach with the quarterback. But he, I do believe he needs time. And I think rushing him out there would only hurt him. Now, if it takes three years, two years, even for him to not be ready, yeah, you got a, you got a serious problem. <laughs>
1: Well, and the whole earn it philosophy to me is, one, it's the right approach. But I also look at it it, as if this is what Vic is doing. Across the board, you know. I mean, you go back to the Emmanuel Sanders trade, and remember John Elway held a conference call with the media and basically said Tim Patrick was going to be up off IR yeah. and was going to be playing. Now you asked Vic Fangio, and he is yet to say that Tim Patrick is going to be that guy. And Nikki, it only makes sense, right? Like he's the guy that's practicing. he's that's the area where they need probably the most. It seems like Tim Patrick is going to be the logical choice there, but I feel like Vic Fangio is resisting on. Saying Yeah, he's got that spot. We're for sure going to bring him off IR because he wants to see more from Patrick um, and, and wants to see what he does in practice this week. And I, I tend to think that it is almost a foregone conclusion, but it is very Vic Fangio like that he is not let that be known to the media or maybe even to Tim himself because he wants to see Tim earn it over the next week. So it's not like he's punishing Drew Locke here. I think this is his status for the entire football team. And speaking of Tim Patrick, they got to bring him off IR, right? Like that 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 makes the most sense. And I I think that he's coming off and then I'm interested to see what he does. And I think that he can be a huge, huge help to this offense and to Cortland Sutton like we've talked about um, in, in kind of previous episodes because he can come in and be another guy that the defenses have to look at and have to be aware of every time that he's on the field.
0: Yeah, it's quite possible their number one and number two receivers will be big guys. It won't be the, you know, the DT and the manual, you know, one, two punch type thing. And they're both going to be big guys. I mean, Tim Patrick, even in his limited time with the Broncos, has shown more than Deshaun Hamilton has or or Fred Brown or anybody else below them. So he could be big for this offense. I know Rich Gangarella really, really likes him. when he was on IR, I talked to Scangarello, and he, he just mentioned how much he's a game changer for this offense. And when I asked him about all the guys on IR, he was the first one he mentioned, not necessarily Drew or Theo Riddick or Jake Butt. It was Tim Patrick and how much he values him in this system. So I, I think it'll be a, a boon for this offense to get him back. And i they have until the end of the week to decide if he'll be back, and I, would, I, I think everybody's expecting them to – make that decision to bring him off. Um, the one I'm a little surprised, not terribly surprised, just because of his injury history, um, was Jake Butt. I thought they might consider it, um, given the injury to Jeff Hyerman, who may or may not return to practice this week. He's dealing with a knee issue. Um, and the, the fact that it, it sounded like Jake Butt was doing quite well in his rehab, but I guess I... They need a receiver. They want to give Drew Locke practice. Why risk it with Jake Butt? It just leaves him one season, if he's great to that even, to really try to earn a roster spot. But
1: Yeah, I think so. Jake Butt's an, an interesting case, and it, it you feel sorry for the guy, right? Like I mean, yeah, He's I really had do. so many injuries. And, and speaking of the injury front, too, another big kind of news item today is that Bryce Callahan – is gonna be returning to practice and I mean they they gotta get something from this guy, right? You gotta at least try it before you give up yeah. on the season. It certainly looked like it was trending in the direction that he was never going to play, at least not this season.
0: Well it may still right and it may still. But I do think, you know, again, not to knock Drew Locke because I I, I do think the kid is talented and I think he will be fine. I just get annoyed when, you know, there's so much attention given the circumstances, but I do think Bryce Callahan's return is the bigger, more significant news. Again, it doesn't mean that he's going to play this season, but the fact that he's able to get on the field and they're going to test it is certainly encouraging. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Vic just labeled it as 50-50 as whether he would return, but he hasn't been on the field since he had that stem cell treatment. So, and, and they said six weeks, this is, it's, week 7 so it's it's on track with what they said um, the question now is can he actually return how much time will it take to get him in shape if they feel he's medically ready and then is it even worth it i mean the secondary is playing so well with kind of this odd cast of players who are like either at the bottom of the depth chart or i never played and they're really working quite well together is it worth disrupting the secondary at this point in the season and you know worth you know possibly aggravating the injury again I mean, there's a lot to consider. I would still be surprised if Bryce Callahan plays, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have a better idea when we see him on the field. Well, I
1: think it's good for Bryce. I think it's it's good for the Broncos. And it's an interesting point that you make because who would have thought that we would be saying that? At the beginning of the year, if you would have said, hey, at, at their bye week, the Broncos are going to be 3-6. and six. Here's going to be their secondary. And Bryce Callahan's not going to play, but you're probably not – maybe even sure that you want him on the field. He would have been like, what? Come on now. Um, but I think that speaks to how well those guys have played. I think the other thing that this tells me too is that this team is not giving up on the season, right? Like I know I know a lot of fans have. I know a lot of fans want them to start tanking, which is an issue we'll get into when we open our mailbag. But this team is not throwing in the towel. You don't have Bryce Callahan come back out to practice and potentially back into that lineup without – thinking hey you know what we could still do something here now the towel might be thrown in for the broncos by by other teams around them you know if they go to minnesota and lose if they go to buffalo and lose but they're not sitting there in the front office or in the coaching staff or in the locker room thinking okay you know what we're three and six through 10 weeks it's probably time to give up on this year and and you know make hay for for next season that's definitely not the mentality that they're taking based on their actions
0: Right. No, and, and I agree. I mean, they're 3-6, and six, but the AFC, especially the AFC West, has just been so weird this year. I, I think it'd be foolish for them to completely throw in the towel. It sure seems unlikely, given their record. But they do still have a chance. And if they can continue to play the way they did it against Cleveland, shoot, they could have a, a, a chance for a lot of things. But, you know, it, it's to me, it's this game is big because... It's on the road, no less, it's against a, a really tough offense. And we'll finally get to see them try to string together two decent offensive games. They've never been able to do that. They've never really had, you know, a, a full game um, you know, before Brandon Allen took over. They never really put together a full, complete game. Now can they string together two games, you know? How consistent can this group be? um so yeah they're, they're not giving up maybe they should in the eyes of some fans who believe <laughs> you know just go for that high pick but you know that's that's never been the broncos style so i wouldn't expect that to change well
1: in and, and- and here's – I don't I don't want to jump too far ahead because we are going to touch on that in our mailbag. But even if you do throw in the season, it might not be the best idea based on the way everything else is shaking out in, in the NFL. Um, I, I do think that Vic Fangio was really funny when asked what he wants to see from – his team in the second half of the season and he was basically like score more points and then he then he kind of chuckled and he was like is that the groundbreaking answer you were looking for he's not wrong though he's not wrong we need to score more points right exactly yeah i think everybody would agree it'd be great if the broncos could score more
0: points that's it's in that aspect where i really enjoy vic because He's not afraid to tell it like it is. Like, it's not a great soundbite, obviously, for media. I think TV folks kind of, no offense, um, don't love it. But it's like, <laughs> duh, obviously, that's that's their biggest weakness right now, among many. But it's right. their biggest
1: weakness. Yeah, we would prefer the 15-second uh, answer, yeah. waxing poetically, yeah. you know. And Vic's not that type of guy. He's yeah. basically just like, I want to see Drew Locke be a good quarterback. And if he can do that, he'll play, you know? I mean, he yeah. he keeps it uh, short and sweet and, and to the point, which I think you, you have yeah. to respect a little yeah, bit for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's dive into the mailbag, shall we? And uh, we got a couple questions from you guys, uh, listeners and uh, fans alike. So uh, first question comes from Amy, and it is, if Drew Locke is activated, what are realistic expectations should he get into a game? And since you love talking about Drew Locke, I will yield the floor to you and ask you the question from Amy. What are realistic expectations if we do indeed see Drew Locke as the starting quarterback before this season is over?
0: I think it'll depend on how Brandon Allen does and what the record is. Um, you know, if, if, if it's close, if, if they even have a glimmer of a hope to you know get the wild card or Brandon Allen is is playing well has strung together some really nice performances. No, I don't think you should play him. Now if they if they tank and Brandon Allen's really struggling, yeah, give the kids some reps. Give them some time. You got nothing to lose at that point. But when there's stuff still on the line, be it the record or or Allen or just whatever, you know, let him get the practice reps like any other backup would but keep, keep it status quo with the starters. You know, he can be active on game day, but let his reps be limited to practice.
1: I think that even if he doesn't see the field in a, in a game, I think bringing him off IR so that he can get the limited reps in mm-hmm. practice is going to be huge yeah. for his growth. I don't think you want a situation where he practices for 3 weeks and then you put him on the shelf just to to put him on the shelf and I realize that you're going to take up a roster spot there. But
0: um, Brett but would, it's
1: one that you already taken yeah. because you're going to have two quarterbacks well, in. Well, Bretton
0: anyway. would clear waivers probably too because he hasn't played at all. Yes. So, he already cleared waivers the yes. first time. So, I don't think that would be the problem. It's not activating him makes sense. It's more the, you know, the expectation that he will play late in the season. And I don't know that that's what the team wants, What what's best for him, you know, what their plan is. I don't think they even know yet, which may or may not be a problem. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think they're kind of waiting to see how he looks on the field. But.
1: Well, and I'll say this. Temper your expectations, Broncos fans. Don't expect this guy to come in there and light the world up. And if he does... Great. Don't expect that to be the way every game goes. And then if he comes in and stinks, well, that's what happens with rookie quarterbacks. They come in and they stink for the most part, you know? So if he comes in and stinks, it's not the end of the world and they don't have to give up on Drew Locke, right? right? Like if he comes in, he gets some game reps and he doesn't play well do not feel like you have to completely throw away the opportunity right. for Drew Locke to be the starting quarterback ever right. again.
0: Right. At, at that point, I would treat it like preseason. You know, it's just get your time and your reps, yeah. which unfortunately that's where the Broncos are at, you know, given the record and the way things have gone over the last few years is, you know, if it, if it ends in the same manner, then just give him his time. Don't think too much into it and see how he comes back the next offseason, you know, but...
1: Basically, the Broncos have had about. Mm-hmm four and then eight, maybe 12 preseason games a year the past, like, so three true. years. <laughs> right? Like, they've had the four that everybody gets. This year they had five. And then after about, oh, I don't know, eight weeks you start to think, okay, well, we know where this season's going. We'll just treat it like preseason and get everybody some reps. The only difference is this year everybody's young so they right, don't have right. anybody to get reps. Remember
0: when they used to...
1: Everybody's already Remember when it.
0: they used to talk about Plan A It's always going to be plan A. We're always competing for a Super Bowl. I believe Vic said, our goal right now is to get to four and six. (laughs) Then he followed it up with, as bad as 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 that that sounds. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, again, this is where we're at.
1: That was when he was asked about the playoffs and like whether or not they're still fighting for a spot and still like still feel like they're still in it. Well, to be honest, we're just trying to get to four and six. Yippee! Which brings us to our next question. This one comes from Kevin and it says the the way this season is going, it looks like the Broncos won't be in the top five for a draft pick because there are other teams in the nfl that are actually worse than the denver broncos as hard as that may be for you to believe right now there are legit teams that have a worse record than the denver broncos and look worse Hello, on the field. Bengals. yeah right Bengals, dolphins there's some uh, some easy ones that come to the top of the mind Is he crazy? Kevin wants to know. Is he crazy for thinking that the Broncos should go the opposite direction in which many fans want them to go? And rather than tank, actually make a run at the playoffs. And I'll take this one first. And and Kevin, no, I don't think it's crazy. And I think that is actually what they are doing, right? Like, you got to remember, it doesn't benefit the players, and it rarely ever benefits the coaches for them to lose out. Because it just looks bad on them. And those high draft picks that they get, the players on the field are going to be replaced by those high draft picks. So the players are never in favor of wanting to take, right? They have a completely different mindset. And I think it's important to get a winning culture inside that locker room. And you're right. They're not looking at a top three pick. They're probably not even looking at a top five pick, depending upon the way the rest of the season shakes out. So I I really, I don't, one, this team is never going to tank. And I don't actually think that it would be in their best interest to try and lose as many games as possible down the stretch and then still be saddled with eight, nine or ten.
0: Yeah, And even if they get a top 10 pick, they may trade out of it.
1: Not that (laughs) we've seen that before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, won't go there. Um, No, I completely agree. I mean, this is a team that, you know, five years, five, six years ago, was able to get pretty much any free agent they wanted because they were a Super Bowl caliber team and they had Peyton Manning as quarterback. That brought in the free agents. They're... They don't have that anymore. You know, they're they're practically begging guys to come in um, to sign with them. So if you add on top of that the fact that you're a team willing to tank, that you're willing to throw in the towel on the season, and thereby hurt the players currently on the roster, who would ever want to play for that? I mean, I, I get that's kind of what Miami is doing now, but a lot of players want it out of Miami too. So I... I it's not going to happen. That's not the way the Broncos have ever done things. I mean, they don't even use the word rebuild, um, and I just think it's it sends a bad message. And it's 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 not happening.
1: Well, and if you're if you're Vic Fangio, and you've waited your entire life for this job. and and not necessarily the Broncos job, but you've waited your entire life to be a head coach in the NFL. After the first nine games you've ever coached, you're just going to be like, ah, you know what? Screw it. Who cares about the next seven? Let's lose. No. Like, that dude does not have that bone in his body. I think there are certain coaches, there are certain GMs that maybe have that. Uh, Vic Fangio is not one of those guys.
0: Right. No, I agree. I agree. He's... They're both too competitive. John Elway, Vic Fangio, it's I don't think it's in their
1: makeup. All right. Chris has a great question and uh, we're going to have to give some context for this question. But Chris says, why can't Garrett Bowles be more like Taylor Lewan?" Now, if you don't know what happened yesterday, we got to fill you in. So Taylor Lewan has had a problem with penalties all along, right? Like this has been part of his career. How many
0: does he have this Very season? similar
1: to Garrett Bowles. He picked up three yesterday. He was flagged three times and including back-to-back penalties on the opening drive of the second half in in the third quarter. He was flagged on a second and six for unnecessary roughness. That was 10 yards. Then on the very next penalty, or excuse me, very next play, gets a penalty for holding. And so all of a sudden, Tennessee's backed up. They've got a third and 13. Um... And then he picked up one later in the game. Now, I, w- I want you to take a listen to what he had to say to reporters after the game. This is literally as the crowd of reporters is starting to gather around his locker. Nobody's even asked a question. And Taylor Lewan says this. Well, let me. Before we even start this whole thing, my penalties are a problem. I am 100% an issue with that. It's not intentional. I do not mean to do it. I, my intentions are good, I'm just trying to finish. And it's killing the team. And I know that, you guys need to know that, no one needs to call me out or anything because I, I, I got it boys. I am completely screwing the team with the amount of penalties I've had in these last, what, six games? It's crazy, it's, it's, it's horrible, I cannot get penalties, I'm sorry, there's no need to ask about it because I know I'm an absolute liability when it comes to penalties that little blip you heard right there at the beginning of the clip that was uh not on accident that was the f word we were we were bleeping that out in case there were kids in the room nikki i love this response from taylor Lewan. now like he's he, at one point if you watch the video you see him look and he looks at his offensive line teammates he's like boys i know this is a problem i got it
0: guys i got it i got it right. i know that was, right. the, that was the best part i, I, I this was
1: very very refreshing to me, and very unlike what we have heard, getting back to Chris's question, from Garrett Bowles when he has had situations like this. So in that regard, I absolutely loved everything about
0: it. You know what's crazy, though? He's been flagged nine total times, four for false starts, three for holding. Still doesn't compare to Garrett Bowles' ten total flags for just holding.
1: Well, now, to be fair, and in Garrett's defense, Lawan has played fewer games because he had a suspension at the beginning of the year, right? Yes. But still.
0: Still. <laughs> I mean, Garrett. Wait, so, so we'd Garrett's be okay if Garrett Bowles got a few more season. false starts and a
1: few less holding penalties. Is what we're saying.
0: <laughs> I mean, diversify, I guess. But I mean, he's he's led the league every season he's been in it. Didn't he lead? Didn't he lead the nation during his lone season of? FBS at yeah.
1: Utah. Yeah, it was not great.
0: I mean, this is not a fluke. This is, this is the one area where the Broncos are actually consistent. Sadly. Oh wow!
1: Yeah, that's that's really bad. That and the fact that they can never find themselves a quarterback. That's what they hang their hat on. Um, yes. But I, yes. I, going back to Chris's question, like to me. This is clearly a problem with Taylor Lewan, and I love that he owned it. It was so different than what we heard from Garrett Bowles earlier in the year when he was asked about his holding penalties and that issue, which has been an issue for the last several years. So, so Chris, I don't know. I don't know why Garrett Bowles can't be that, but I would take Taylor Lewan's reaction over Garrett Bowles' reaction every day.
0: Oh, absolutely. I was trying to find Garrett's quote about – you know when he said there's this perception of me that I hold a lot and I don't agree with it. It's it's not up for debate. Like right. it's not
1: a perception, it's a <laughs> it's reality. Not, it's not Look a percent, at the numbers. It's
0: a fact. It's a fact. Oh Garrett
1: so what can you do? Yeah. So I, I love that quote from Taylor Lawan and Chris, I thought that was a great question. So I appreciate you. That's uh, hilarious. Weighing in on that. Uh, final one. Allie wants to know, Will Adam Gotsis be with the Broncos next year. And, uh, Nikki, when you and I were getting ready for this podcast, you were like, that could deserve a whole podcast. In and of its own, not necessarily Adam Gotsis, but guys who won't be on the roster, and that is probably coming toward the end of the season uh, when we when we have to start to look at that. But I I would have to say that right now, no Adam Gotsis, it doesn't look as if he will be on the Broncos roster. You don't get a healthy scratch and then have a team give you a contract. Um, that's just not the way that it works. And the only reason he was active. In that game against the Browns was because Demarcus Walker was hurt. So, I mean, really, right. when you look at it, he has gone from playing a, a decent role to being a healthy scratch on game day. And I just don't see a situation unless the Broncos get really banged up. And and but even if even if that happens. Right, like even if Derek Wolf retires and and Demarcus Walker's hurt, whatever, I just, I just don't see a situation in which Adam Gotsis is with the Broncos next year.
0: Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I mean, you don't. He overnight he went from starter to not even active on game days. Um, they, it was clear that Vic Fangio wanted to make a change, and they felt that he was the one that should be sacrificed, even when. You know, we we asked in the weeks after they initially made that change, which was week five. In the weeks after, I mean, Vic Fangio left the door open and said, you know, it's not certain that Adam Gatsas will be that inactive guy every week going forward. And yet he was. So, I mean, that that says more than anything right there. So... I, it's, I'm I'm not seeing it, um, especially when you Demarcus Walker is young. You have Draymond Jones who hasn't played all that much, a drafted rookie. Um, so I, I just I don't see how he fits given their circumstances and and what's happened over the last four or five weeks.
1: You know what I think is interesting too is we talk about Elway and all of his missed. Draft picks. I think Adam this is going to be on that list when you look at a guy you take in the second round and then he only gives you four years. I think that that's certainly worthy, not of bust material, but of, of a swing and miss in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think we, what we've learned over the years is that John Elway should just skip the draft entirely, <laughs> maybe just go straight to college free agency where he's had quite a bit of success and then hope his luck turns around in veteran free agency and guys can stay healthy. But, you know, I mean, the draft isn't. He doesn't need it, does he?
1: April's, April's a wonderful time of the year. I'm sure there are plenty of places that he could go visit right? during draft week. Right, you know, exactly. Like take a yacht somewhere, whatever. He's got the money. He can go anywhere he wants. Maybe that would be what's best. He always wants to do what's <laughs> best for the organization. Maybe that will be what's best.
0: Yeah, just skip it. Well, with that, the Broncos head to Minnesota this coming weekend. Um, and a lot's going to happen this week. We'll get to see Drew Locke, all the guys who are expected to come back and return to practice from injury. Um, in the meantime, be sure to check out some of our other podcasts at the athletic.com. Um, one of my favorites is the throwback. It's, if you love fantasy football, you'll love this. Jake Seeley, Chris Meaney, and former big leaguer Brad Ziegler, talk fantasy football strategy throughout the year. Um, and they have no rivals in accuracy or entertaining their fans. And it's, it's an awesome listen. So go ahead and check that out at theathletic.com.
1: And that is going to do it for this episode of Mile High Magic. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Appreciate you sending in your questions. Uh, if we didn't get to them, don't worry. There will be more ma- more mailbag episodes coming your way in the near future. And then uh, we will be back with you later in the week to get you set for everything you need to know about the Minnesota game coming up. Should be an interesting week for the Denver Broncos. And uh, so we'll have all that covered for you as well. That is going to do it for us. For my partner, Nikki Javala, I'm Michael Spencer. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Enjoy the rest of your week.